0: If you live in a bad neighborhood, where murder is basically legal because no one ever gets caught, do you tell someone to get off your lawn? Coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. So This is back to uh, Barry Weiss talking to Alec McGillis about the increase in crime. This is part two, I did a part one yesterday, and I was listening to it previously, and This is kind of what made me want to make talk about this again. I mean, first off, I always like to talk about it. But so Alec McGillis, he's saying, well, okay. so first off, a little reminder, he's trying to say that the increase in crime is because of covid and like Barry Weiss has the biggest balls in the world, but even she does not have big enough balls to get someone who goes on there and says, yeah, it's Black Lives Matter that made crime shoot through the roof, destroyed, you know, billions of dollars in black wealth and caused 5000 probably 10 15000 um, black murders like you know who can you blame let's just stick with the 5000 cuz we don't know next year, the we don't know 2021 20, stats yet that comes out in november but anyways no one has the balls to say ah yeah those 5000 extra black people who got murdered that's the fault of black lives matter people just think that's a bad look i guess so that leaves people Scrambling around for another reason. You know, and I will say this. If Black Lives Matter is caused by the pandemic, then maybe you can put it on the pandemic. You know, so it would be like A, B, C. A is pandemic. B is Black Lives Matter. C is 5,000 extra black people murdered when they shouldn't have been or wouldn't have been. So then does B cause C or does A cause B and C? But Black Lives Matter is right there in the middle, being the thing that caused the five thousand extra murders. Anyway, so what people want to do, because they don't have the balls, is they want to say it was caused by the pandemic. And so this McGillis guy, he, you know, he's previously said, well, yeah, it coincides perfectly. You know, the increase in murders coincides perfectly with the Black Lives Matter riots and protests. But that's also when they were closing down, for instance, like schools and other you know and i don't know what ymcas midnight basketball libraries because of covid so you know at risk youth they would have been in school or they would have been in the library but because of, because covid shut those things down uh, that's why they went out and committed a ton of extra murders but that ain't true cuz i think george floyd he died on like may 28th 2020 you know, plus or minus a couple of days And then right after that is when the murders shoot through the frickin' roof. But So I went and looked up, when is school closed for summer vacation? And the answer is, it closes like sometime in May in general. And then schools reopen sometimes in August or early September. So either way you look at it, they're definitely closed from June, July, and part or all of August. So, COVID is not responsible for closing schools that were going to be closed anyways because of summer vacation. And then, you know, you can just go one year previous. You can go one year previous, look at the summer vacation. And, you know, murders do go up in the summer, and maybe it's because they because people are out of school. But one year previously, we went through a normal summer, and we didn't get an extra 5,000 black people murdered. So, no, COVID is not responsible for that. You know, that summer was the summer of love. That was the summer of the George Floyd protests and riots so it is responsible and like that's just such a simple fact you know so you got barry weiss and you got weiss and mcgillis talking about it and uh, weiss does not jump in with like you know she should jump in and be like oh aren't schools going to be closed for summer vacation anyways she doesn't jump in to see what his answer would be like I, i wish i could talk to this guy and be like what you know what is what is the retort to that i don't know i think the answer is don't ask that question then they mention, you know, cops pulling back. You watch someone do their job and then go to prison for life, or whatever. Have America go crazy over what you did as a cop and got caught on camera? Well, maybe you you pull back and don't do your job right. And the answer is, yeah, some cops in some cities did do that. But the increase in crime and murders happened across the entire nation, like every freaking city down to even cities like with 100,000 people, um, and probably smaller ones too. You just, you know, they don't have stats on every single city, period. So basically, if you have one city where the cops all pulled back, the murder shot through the roof, and then you have another city where the cops kept doing the exact same thing that they always been doing, and the murder shot through the roof. So that just isn't the cause. Well, and to McGillis' credit, he says he doesn't think it's the cops. I mean, he doesn't lay it out as plainly as I did there. He just says he doesn't think it was the cops changing their policing. But again, he thinks it was the pandemic. And I'm not sure if I mentioned this, but so the timeline, you know, how do you know it's not the pandemic? You go to the timeline. So the pandemic started in like February, March, 2020. So, you know, March, it might have started, you know, maybe all of March or most of March and then all of um, April, all of May, you know, so basically, those months—what months are those? There we go. I'm got confused. March, April, May. So March, April, May—you had pandemic without um, protests and riots, and crime did not shoot up. That would be nice. It'd be nice if you had like a year of pandemic, and then the riots, and then you could really see. Oh, it has nothing to do with that year of pandemic. It's exactly when the riots happen. But so, you know, you got three months. You got three months of pandemic to look at and see that it didn't make uh, violence shoot through the roof. But I mean, I think that's, I think three months is good enough to tell what caused what. But uh, they don't address that issue. So he makes a good point. I mean, it doesn't apply to the increase in crime, but just a crime in general. That it's committed by a small proportion of the people in a neighborhood you know and if you got a bad neighborhood that's crime-ridden um it's actually a small number of the people in that neighborhood or at least whatever not all not all remember to say not all but you know in a crime-ridden neighborhood you got grandmas who ain't going out and murdering no one and you got kids who haven't gone through puberty yet and they're not going out and murdering no one and you got women I guess, you know, long story short, you've got people who are not young men, and they're not going out and murdering no one. Now, crime in general gets a little iffy. I think, you know, some neighborhoods you'll find that the young men... I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't have any stats on this, but I would say, you know, maybe half of the young men in a bad neighborhood are all criminals of some sort. But the number of murderers is actually very low. And in fact, I think it's like, like what happens is... You know, how many how many people does it take to commit 10 murders? I think a lot of times it only takes like two or three people. You know, it's not like every murder means you have a murderer. Because a lot of murders kill multiple people. You get away with it once, hell, get away with it twice. You know, get away with it three times, you're like, oh, I can do it any time I want. Yeah, which brings up, you know, like, why can't the cops stop all these murders? Um, people don't cooperate. You know, like, the thing that really puts a, whatever, to illustrate that is... Like for every murder, there's like, you know, I don't know, five, ten people who get shot and don't die. And those people, so you just got shot, those people do not even turn in the shooters. Like someone will, you know, someone will go to a funeral of their enemy, just shoot into the crowd, you know, kill kill several children, wing several adults, and those adults will not finger that criminal to the cops. It makes it tricky, right? The cops, uh, whatever. The neighborhoods and the cops have to like each other and instead they hate each other. And of course the media and Black Lives Matter, it just divides them more. And another way to try and figure out, you know, what is the cause, you know, how do you do a how do you do a fair comparison between things? Well, so this guy, he's from Baltimore and Baltimore's kinda interesting. So, like, okay, in America, murders were at their highest in the early 90s, maybe 91. And I don't think we've quite got back to 91 levels of murders, although we're getting, whatever, you know. It's the highest since 91, 92, something like that. And, like, a lot of cities, I think, you know, Portland, Oregon, their number of murders went up 800%. Uh, You know, Chicago went up, I don't know, 50 to 100%. Like it kind of matters how much murders you had beforehand. If you didn't have a lot of murders, then you get this huge increase. You know, everyone now has murders, so if you didn't have if you had zero before, you know, it's a huge increase. But Baltimore is the special child that already had a ton of murders. And now I don't know exactly when their ton of murders happened, but Baltimore is kind of the poster child for Black Lives Matter. That was where Michael Brown didn't say hands up, don't shoot, but people said that he did. And then they had some riots, and at least since then, the murder rate in Baltimore has been through the frickin' roof. And so when this this increase in crime came about, they stayed the same, because they'd already done it. They'd already increased their crime. They didn't need to increase it anymore. Well, so, maybe I'll look up Baltimore murders and come in at the end and say whether or not that theory is true or not. Or maybe I'll just believe myself without looking it up. I mean, it brings up kind of the question, which I wish I had the answer to: Why do these protests, why do protests and riots cause so much crime and murder? And the answer is, I'm not sure. I think it, you know, it happened in the '60s. You know, they had a whole bunch of civil rights riots, Watts riots, et cetera, in the '60s. Same thing happened; murders through the roof. You know, you might think, oh, let's whatever. If you're unhappy, maybe you go kill a white person. But no, no, you. It's young black men start killing other young black men like crazy whenever there's these protests and riots. And I don't know why they do it, but I mean, that's what causes it. Why it causes it, I don't know. One theory is that it, some guy said it puts you in a bad mood, you know? You're you're just in a bad mood because of whatever, whatever. The riots and the protests remind you that America's racist? I'm, I'm not sure, I don't know. Somehow it puts you in a bad mood and then when someone steps on your new sneakers, you know, instead of punching them, you shoot them. That was a Robert Cherry on Glenn Lowry, if you want to hear about a year or two ago, uh, his, his theory on that. Yeah, and then they bring up the defund the police thing. Now, this did not cause the in crime, but it is interesting. The thing to know there is that people in poor black neighborhoods do not want the cops to go away. You know, white people in rich neighborhoods that have zero crime, they're the ones who want to defund the police, because they they just say that because they think it makes them look cool. Makes them a good person, supposedly. But then you go ask the grandma in the bad black neighborhood, and she's like, no, 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 we want our cops. Don't make them go away. So A little steel manning of the opposite viewpoint is in order here. He's saying, you know, what do the people in these poor black neighborhoods want? Well, they don't want less cops, but they want the cops to be nicer. And while it is true that cops do not shoot unarmed black people any more than one would expect based on rates of violent crime, they do do some other stuff that's more than one would expect. And it's usually, I can't remember the numbers exactly, but it's usually about 10%, 10% more, 10% racism. One of them is that they pull over black people uh, in their cars, about ten percent more than white people, and then they are verbally or physically abusive during like an arrest or an encounter uh, about ten percent more than when dealing with a white person, so maybe throw you know throw a suspect up against a wall or maybe you know get in a suspect's face and yell at them. They do that about ten percent more to black people, and there was something else that cops do along the same idea, and I can't remember what it was, but I think it was about 10%. And when I say 10, I think I think like the pulling black people over it was 12%, so, you know, 10 is not the limit, but, you know, it's about 10. It ain't 20. It ain't 20, it's 10. So, you know, if you want the cops to be nice to you in your neighborhood and have more cops who do the right thing, um, yeah, the cops can definitely uh, be nicer. I mean, maybe. The problem is when hatred begets hatred. If one person hates another person, then the other person is pretty soon to return that hatred and uh so you know maybe the cops started it. The cops started it 300 years ago. And but now when they when cops and civilians in a bad neighborhood interact, um they don't like each other. It makes the whole interaction go poorly. You know, more likely for the cop to yell at you when they should have kept their cool. More likely for the criminal to uh, say they don't have a gun and then pull one out and shoot the cop. Alright, I want to throw in a little clip of Barry Weiss here just because I imagine my listeners, all 13 of you, uh, probably don't listen to her, so i just put some of her in here so you get a better concept of her basically i recommend her podcast if you like super smart stuff things that i just think is sort of tragically ironic and you see this all over la but maybe even more so in san francisco where i spend a lot of time is that all of this has sort of led to like a hyper caricatured version of like a right wing libertarian dream in other words rich people are and even upper-middle-class people are building fences, building walls, hiring private security, setting up military-grade surveillance systems. They're getting guns. And the poor people or the middle-class people just around the corner or at the neighborhood nearby can sort of afford none of it. And it's this unbelievable chasm between you know, the people that sort of can afford to be safe and those that can't. Absolutely. Absolutely. And- this guy, you know, he's not bad. He just doesn't have big enough balls to say what I say. But um, he brings up a couple books. I guess Locking Up Our Own and Ghetto Side. Look them up if you care. But that basically, like the tough-on-crime stuff that put so many young black men into prison and he doesn't mention this, but, you know, caused crack to have a higher, a harsher sentencing than cocaine. That stuff was... Put forward by black community members, like you know, they saw problems in their neighborhood, and they're like, "We need to get tough on these mfers." People are trying to rewrite the history and say that it was a bunch of white people who wanted to lock up a bunch of black people. I think you know, white people are like they lived in some other neighborhood; they didn't care. So you could say they didn't care. They were racist because they didn't care, but it wasn't because they had so much care for black people, in black neighborhoods that they wanted to lock people up. Alright, so he makes an interesting point about murder. I haven't seen the stats on this. But I think this is I think I've heard it similar. I think this is correct. But basically if you got a bad neighborhood that's crime ridden, the crimes that you wanna stop so that you can bring crime overall down is the murders. For some reason, every time you lock up a murderer, that's better than catching the robbers. You know, which is extra sad because the one thing that I know for sure Black Lives Matter caused was a bunch of murders. The stats on all the other types of crimes kind of didn't get uh, processed correctly because of COVID. But murders are easy because you got a dead body. You can count those real easily. And so why is that? I'm just kind of spitballing here thinking about it. But like, I don't know. Say someone is on your property doing something they shouldn't be doing. Well, if you live in a neighborhood where murderers never get caught you know like say they're on your lawn say you're an old person who's like get off my lawn uh if you're in a neighborhood where murderers get caught it's pretty easy to say get off my lawn because that person ain't gonna murder you but if you live in a neighborhood where all the murderers get away uh you're probably gonna think twice if you tell someone to get off your lawn or you see a man you know abusing a woman or a kid Are you going to speak up? Or you know, if that person's crazy enough, they can murder murder you and get away with it. So that might be it. Or it might just be, I've heard this before, that uh, in neighborhoods where murderers get away with it, uh, those are the neighborhoods that the people hate the cops. You know, is that chicken or is that egg? I don't know. Well, okay. I think I got through the podcast. Uh, Said a bunch of stuff I've already said. Stuff that I like to say. So there you go. So I went and looked up uh, Baltimore murder rates and the answer is there was a huge increase when Michael Brown uh, was justifiably shot by that cop and then Black Lives Matter said it was a murder and then there was a bunch of riots and so the murder went up a whole ton and it's stayed high ever since. And I think that was 2014, 2015. So five years of super high murders because of Black Lives Matter lying about the hands up, don't shoot stuff. Twitter handle at Religion of Woke, and thanks for listening.